Hello, everyone. Welcome to Summit Church Fenton. I'm so glad you've joined me today, and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. Before I get into the Word of God, though, you know, uh, this Thursday is Thanksgiving. And, of course, it's a time that we give special attention to being thankful. And I, I just I just want to uh, to thank everyone who uh, who, who watches these uh, th- these sermons that I that I preach uh, every week here. Uh, it's just uh, it, it's just such an honor for me to get to, to share the word of God with you. You know, uh, my wife she monitors uh, our uh, our sermon player, and she's able to see. Uh, uh, where in the world the sermons are being viewed. Now, she's not able to tell who specifically is watching, but she's able to tell, you know, where in the world, uh, throughout the world, people are watching. And much to my amazement, we we not only have uh, people who watch these messages regularly uh, from inside the United States, but but we have, throughout the world, we have people who watch these sermons on a regular, ongoing basis. And so, uh, it's just, it's just a privilege and it's an honor for me to, to be able to share the word of God with you on a regular basis. And I also want to say a special thank you to people who support the church financially. Uh, uh, just can't tell you how much, uh, uh, my wife and I appreciate that. We, we, we thank you for that and may God, uh, bless you richly, uh, for your giving. So anyway, uh, happy Thanksgiving and so much, you know, we have to be thankful for. I, I have so much to be thankful for. Uh, you know, you know, every, every year on Thanksgiving, uh, just about every year, we've, well, for many, many years, uh, we, we have the family come over and we have a, have a good time. Uh, there's a friend of mine who I worked for when I was a kid at the golf course, the golf pro, he comes over. Uh, every year, he's been doing that since 1980, and uh, 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 and we just have a big time every year on Thanksgiving at my house. And my wife, I tell you what, she makes the best pecan pie. I mean, I, I tell you what, that is some good stuff. I look forward to that. But she makes something that is, is else that's just really, really close. It may be equal to the pecan pie, and it's her sweet potato casserole. And the, the topping that she puts on that, I tell you what, I've never tasted anything quite like that. And uh, I don't know which I like better, the topping on the sweet potato casserole or the pecan pie. But it, it, I tell you what, it's, it's some good, good stuff. So I always enjoy the Thanksgiving meal. And then the day after Thanksgiving, my wife and I, we have a, a tradition between her and I that we put we we decorate our house for christmas and we put up our christmas tree and then we eat leftovers from thanksgiving and and so it's just a big time of the year for us so uh so i'm just so thankful for that i have so much to be thankful for uh, you know thankful for god has given me such a wonderful marriage and so so many different things you know for health and and I'm thankful, like I said, I'm thankful for you that you come back here and watch me every week. I, I appreciate it. So 
Anyway, much to be thankful for. So happy Thanksgiving to you. And hey, let's get into the Word of God. And since it is Thanksgiving, I I, I think I'll just talk today about uh, some things the Bible has to say about uh, being thankful. And uh, so let's get into the Word of God. If you have your Bibles there, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. I'm going to read this verse out of the Amplified Classic Version. And... Uh, you need to realize that, uh, you know, uh, we cannot be, uh, particularly a Christian, cannot be in the will of God unless they are thankful. Now, if you're out there and you're listening and you're not a Christian, you don't well, you say, Pastor Terry, what does it mean to be a Christian? It means you've repented of your sins and you have put your faith, your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you're following him, you're serving him. You know, that's what it means to be a Christian. You know, you've repented of your sins, placed your faith in Jesus, and you're following him. That's what it means to be a Christian. Now, if you've never done that, you're not in the will of God. You know, you need to get in the will of God and, and receive Jesus. Make him the Lord of your life. Then you're in the will of God. But I tell you what, you can't be in the perfect will of God unless you're a thankful person. And so just reading from my notes here, it says a Christian cannot be in the will of God unless they are thankful. So if you're you're born again, but you're not thankful, you know, you're grumbling and complaining and going on, you're not in the <laughs> the perfect will of God. So uh, here, notice what the Bible says here. The Bible says, thank God in everything. Now, it didn't say for everything, but it said in everything. So notice what else it says as we read on here. Now, this is the Amplified Classic. It says, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, thank God in, not for, but in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be, be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus. So he just told us that, you know, he's talking to Christians here and he says, hey, if you want to be in the will of God, you're going to be, you're going to have to be thankful to God in every circumstance. He said, no matter what the circumstances may be, maybe be thankful and give thanks. You know, I mean, we could, I could preach a whole message just on that one verse, but think about it. Thank God in every, uh, in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. So if you're out there and, and you got some bad circumstances going on, now, what did the Bible say? It didn't say that you would thank God for those bad circumstances, but in the midst of those bad circumstances, you can make a decision to be thankful, to be thankful to God. It says, no matter what the circumstances may be, be thankful and give thanks to God because this is the will of God for you. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, the Bible says, hey, the will of God is to be thankful. And you know something I found in my life? That no matter how bad the circumstances may be, there's always something that you can find that you can be thankful for. Really true. I mean, I mean, let's just say everything in your life has gone wrong and is terrible and bad. But if you know Jesus as your Savior, you can be thankful that, that you know him and you're going to heaven one day and not hell. 
you know? And then, I mean, you know, uh, I, and, and you could ask my wife, I do this. When, when circumstances get bad and things aren't going right, you know, I, I, just as honest as I can be, I may grumble a little bit about, you know, grumble a little bit about the bad circumstances, but then, you know, I've trained myself to do this since I've been, you know, been, been, uh, 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 you know, for years I've been doing this, put it that way, since I've been, really since I've been a kid, I've done this. Uh, no matter how bad the circumstances may be, I always try to find some things to be thankful for. And you, I'll say to my wife again and again, well, now that may not be going the way we want, and this may not have happened the way we want, but think about all the good things that ha- have gone our way and the things that we can be thankful for. I tell you what, it helps, it really helps you get through those rough times to be thankful to God no matter what the circumstances may be. And you can't be in the will of God unless you are thankful. Uh, and, and the Bible says that, you know, moving on from that verse, uh, the, you know, thank, being thankful is, I mean, we need to be people uh, that are thankful. We need to have an attitude of thankfulness about us. I tell you, I just like being around people that are thankful. And I've, all, I've always tried to be a thankful person myself. Now, I've, I've failed in a lot of areas. But one thing that I think I've done pretty good in is I've, I have, over all the years, I have been a pretty thankful person. I've always been thankful for anything anybody has done for me, whether large or small, it's, and you can ask my wife because she lives with me. She knows I, I have been pretty thankful. And, you know, I like being around people that are thankful, people that are appreciative. You know, I've done some things for people over the years and they've just kind of, you know, not shown any real appreciation for it at all. Or, or they've been far less thankful than, than they probably should have been. You know, I, I'm just as honest as I could be. You know, I, I don't <laughs> You get to a point, you don't want to do anymore for those kind of folk, you know, but boy, the people that are thankful, man, you just, it just, it's, it, it's, you know, it's just fun to bless those kind of people just to see, see, you know, just to see how blessed they are when, when, when they receive a blessing. And, and so I, I like being around thankful people. And, uh, and that's moving on from first Thessalonians five, verse 18. Uh, the next thing in my notes here, it says, you know, Thanksgiving is the way to come before God's presence. Absolutely. If you want to, you know, God likes being around thankful people, you know, and if you come before the Lord, the Bible says in Psalm 95, verse two, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Psalm 100, verse four says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise be thankful to him and bless his name. That's what the Bible tells us to do because God likes being around thankful people. And, uh, um, and, and notice now turn to, so, so that's how we come before the Lord with, uh, with, uh, with a heart of thanksgiving about us. And that's what the Bible tells us to do. Now here in Hebrews, the 13th chapter and the 15th verse, uh, let me read this. It says, therefore, by him, by the Lord, let let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So the Bible has told us here that we should be thankful continually. We already read that in in any 
in all circumstances, no matter what they may be, we should be thankful. We should be thankful, the Bible says, continually. And here's something else we learn about thankfulness is it talks about, the Bible talks about the sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Uh, you know, again, as honest as I can be, I don't always feel like being thankful. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't always, as honest as I can be, I don't always feel like you know, praising God. Now, that's just being as honest as I can be. And, and, and I've dealt with multitudes of Christians over the years who, who, you know, would say the same thing. We don't always feel like being thankful because, again, circumstances come along that are not good, that are negative, et cetera, so on and so forth. And, uh, and, but yet it's, it's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. And so even when we don't feel like being thankful or we're just not feeling thankful on purpose, no matter what the circumstance is, get thankful, be thankful. You may have to be thankful by faith because you seemingly have nothing else to be thankful for. Just by faith, make a decision. I'm going to be thankful to God. I don't necessarily even feel like praising him, but I'm going to praise him anyway because he's, he, he deserves our praise. And we praise him. And the Bible says it's a sacrifice. It can be a sacrifice. But I tell you what, we do it anyway. We praise him. We come before his His presence with thanksgiving and offer thanks to his name. And uh, I tell you what, if we'll do that, things will go a whole lot better for us. They really will. But but Thanksgiving can be, uh, 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 it, it, well, it's it's very oft times, it's a sacrifice for us to do it. We may not feel like doing it, but praising God and being thankful, whether it's to God or, or to whoever it may be, we do it anyway. But, but we should always uh, offer Thanksgiving to God, even when we don't feel like it, it's a sacrifice, but we do it anyway. And I tell you what, as I've already said many times in this message, it's worth doing and things will just go a lot better for us if we just have a, have, have a hard Thanksgiving about us. Uh, and, uh, well, just, and I'm just kind of following my notes here, but, uh, uh, you know, I said a while ago that, uh, we can always find something to be thankful for. And that's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you a little, little assignment out there. If you're sitting and listening to me, and maybe you're kind of down and in the mully grubs or whatever, I'm giving you an assignment. Find something on purpose when I'm done with this message. Don't do it right now, but when I'm done with this message, get a paper and a pencil or a pen and start listing things and list as many things as you can uh, to, to be thankful for. Say, well, Pastor Terry, you just don't know how bad. Well, hey, it may be a sacrifice, but hey, get a pencil, get a pen, get a piece of paper and start writing down all the things that you can think of in your life to be thankful for and see how long that list grows. Absolutely. And uh, I, I know I know in my life, I had made a note here. I have a house where, you know, in the morning I get up and I have to go around and I have to open all the blinds. They're like blinds that are in between the two window panes. And, and there's a little, there's a little lever and you, you open them. So I open them in the morning. Me and my wife, we go around, open them in the morning. In the evening, we go around and shut them. And, uh, 
and after living in, in the house for, for, you know, many, many months, a couple of several years, I started grumbling, you know, grumble, grumble, grumble. I got to go around and, you know, shut these blinds every night, open them every morning. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> and then something happened and, and my back went out for, uh, it was just for a few days. But for those few days, I, I, you know, thank God, I, you know, I, the Lord touched my back. I was healed and he helped me greatly. But there were several days where I could not go around and open and close those blinds. I could bear, I could, I could, in fact, I couldn't even walk in the, the lower level of my house. I had to stay on the upper level and, uh, <laughs> and, and I couldn't even lift my arm up to get to those it only lasted a few days, and God, because I'm thinking back on this now, God supernaturally healed me, but well, I couldn't even lift my my arm up uh, to to do those blinds. I was grumbling and going on, but I tell you what, what what, what I couldn't, or several days I couldn't do that. I, I got real thankful once 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 the Lord touched my back and I was healed. I tell you what, I. I, I got real thankful for being able to go around and do those blinds. And uh, now every once in a while, when I'm doing those blinds, I start up grumbling. But you know what? I think back on that. I say, hey, 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 no, no, no. I'll open blinds all day long and close them to not have that pain in my back. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and I, then I get to thinking beyond that. Thank God I have a house. A lot of people don't have a house. And thank God I have windows with blinds in them. And you know, all of that, so you could go on and on. So much to be thankful for, but I tell you, what you can't, what you can't do your blinds because your back hurts so bad. I tell you what, you can get real thankful for being able to open and close blinds where there's no pain. And then something else happened as it pertains to my house. We we were able to build our house and design it and build it many years ago, but at the hot water heater is at one end of the house, and the master bath is at the other end, and so uh, when we moved in, we turned the uh, we turned on the uh, hot water in the shower, and you know I I stepped in there and, and it wasn't getting hot quite as fast as I wanted it to, and and so I'm thinking what's going on here, and we got when we when we figured out what it was, it was that it took it took a little bit for the hot water to get down to the other end of the house, well. You know, I, I let that go on for a while and then I started grumbling because the hot water wasn't getting to me quick enough. And so we had a, uh, we had the plumber come out and he put a little hot water circulator on the hot water heater and it keeps the hot water circulating so you don't have to wait as long to uh, get the hot water to, to the master bath. And so I was, that worked for several years and I was just happy, you know, and, uh, and so, so it, uh, it, 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 let's see, it went out. That thing, that thing went out. We had the guy come back out. And long story short, the, the plumber standing there and he didn't know I had been grumbling about it, about the hot water, you know, not getting there fast enough. And he, he was going to fix it and whatnot. And he, he made the statement. He said, you know, we spoiled, we, we're, we're just such spoiled. He said something to the effect, effect, we're just such spoiled Americans. You know, we're over here and, and, and we, you know, we, we've got this nice, clean, hot water. And, and, and he said some people will grumble and complain because they don't get their water, hot water fast enough. They have to wait a couple minutes. Well, when he said that, 
and then he told me what it was going to cost to put another one of those in. And I, I just, you know, I just, I, I opted not to have it fixed. And I don't have it fixed on purpose because you know what? When I stand there and I have to wait two minutes or whatever it is to get the hot water, however long it is, I think to myself how thankful I should be that I have a bathroom, that I have a shower, that I have clean water and I have hot water. And you know what? During that minute and a half or whatever it is, two minutes that I'm waiting for it, rather than grumbling and complaining, I, I, I thank God. And I don't do this every single time, but regularly I think about how thankful I am to the Lord that I have a house. I have a bathroom. I have a shower. I have clean water. I have hot water. And so what if I have to wait, you know, a minute and a half to get it? You know, there's some people in the world that have to walk miles and miles and miles just to get a bucket full of dirty water out of a, out of a creek or out of a lake so that they have water at all. You know, now when you, when you start thinking like that, it's real easy to get thankful and, and, and that'll shut grumbling and complaining down real quick when you have to wait a couple of minutes to get some hot water. I, you know, <laughs> clean hot water. I've already seen church members over the many years, just a few of these where they, you know, they grumble and complain because they're not happy about the chair they have to sit on, you know, in the sanctuary. You know, and I get to thinking, I went on a mission trip one time and, and all they had was wood benches to sit on. I mean, just very rudimentary wood benches. And if you wanted to go to back to the bathroom at this particular church that I, when I went on this mission trip where I preached at this, the, this church, if you wanted to go to the bathroom, you didn't get to walk down the hall and use nice restrooms. There, they had a hole, a hole, H-O-L-E, out behind the church where you go out there in the dark and just, you know, take your chances that, you know, and I tell you what, a lot, as many church members I've met here in the United States, you know, they're freaking out because, you know, the, the, the chairs aren't just, just right. Or they have to walk a little, you know, have to walk a little ways to get to the bathroom or, oh my goodness. I tell you, we've got so much to be thankful for that it beggars description. So, uh, you know, we should always be thankful to God no matter what. And uh, I could go on and on with this. I think you get, you're getting what I'm trying to tell you. Let's find things to be thankful for. You know, and what's the old, the old story that, 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 that is often told, but it's worth repeating about the guy that was grumbling and complaining, grumbling and complaining because he had, was, he had no shoes until he saw the guy who didn't have any feet. Now you think about that. So we could always find something to be thankful for. So rather than finding the things to grumble and complain about, let's find things. Make that list. Make that list. See how many things you can can put. Do you have pain in your body? If you have no pain in your body, hey, that's something to put on the list, huh? You know, you know. Can you breathe all right? Can you see good? You know, are you able to eat without it? You know, do you have food? I mean, there's you know. There's always something I think that we can find to be thankful for. Okay. So let's be people of thanksgiving. All right. And, and actually, uh, moving on with my notes here, thanksgiving is a necessary ingredient to getting your prayers answered and to having peace. Notice here in Philippians four verses six and seven, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, again, didn't say for everything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So, you see, if you want to get your 
prayer is answered, you need to offer your prayers to God with a heart of thanksgiving. It says, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So I, I, that's, that, those verses tell me that, that uh, I, you know, Praying to God with a thankful heart. That thankful heart is, is a key to getting your prayers answered and to having peace. Also, something else I want to point out to you is maybe you're out there today and you need a miracle to take place in your life. You know, thank, being thankful is a key to seeing miracles happen. It's really true. If you go to John, the sixth chapter, John chapter six, verse 11, Notice here, it says, when Jesus, talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus, he took the loaves, and when he had, notice, given thanks, underline that if you if you have your Bible there, when he had given thanks, he distributed them, uh, the, 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 the bread, you know, he distributed them to the disciples and the, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise, of the fish, as much as they wanted. So Jesus took a few loaves and a few fish, and he fed a multitude, thousands and thousands and thousands of people with just a few loaves and a few fish. What a miracle of provision that was. Maybe you're out there and you need a miracle of, a miracle of provision. Well, what did the Lord do? <laughs> to see that miracle, what did he do? He offered thanks to his heavenly Father. So if you need a miracle of provision, one thing you should do is is just just get real thankful to God. Just be thankful because we see that thanksgiving precedes the miraculous. We see it again with the Lord Jesus in John the 11th chapter, verse 41. This is when they when when Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead, they took away the stone from the place where the where Lazarus was lying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Do you see that thankful heart that the Lord Jesus had? And of course, he's our Lord. He is our example also. And he, before he raised Lazarus from the dead, now that's a miracle, okay? He was thankful. He thanked his heavenly Father. And then verse 43 says, he cried, cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And of course, the miraculous power of God went into operation and Lazarus was raised from the dead. Maybe there's something that's dead in your life. I don't know what it may be. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe you just lost your job and you've got a dead employment situation. I don't know. But if there's something dead in your life, the way to get the resurrection power of God going is through thankfulness. Maybe there's sickness in your body. Well, I tell you what, you need, you need the miracle power of God to move in your life, the healing power of God. Well, a key to triggering that, that power is to get thankful. Just get thankful. Be thankful. Just like what we've been talking about here for the last many minutes. Get thankful. Be thankful. Offer thanksgiving to God. And I tell you what, it can trigger the miraculous power of God. We see Jesus being thankful before he multiplied the loaves and the fish, before he raised Lazarus from the dead. And uh, like I said, he's not only our Lord and Savior, but he is our example. And uh, And so... Uh, he got thankful, saw the miraculous. Well, 
If you need to see the miraculous power of God, get thankful and, and get ready for the power of God to start moving in your life. Now, something else, if you go to uh, Jonah, the book of Jonah, chapter 2, the Old Testament, Jonah. Uh, thank, thank, being thankful is a requirement for getting set free and living free. Actually, it is. You know, uh, Jonah had, uh, he had disobeyed God. God gave him an assignment. He had disobeyed God. God told him to rise, go to Nineveh and preach to that city what, uh, what God had given him to preach. And Jonah didn't want to do it. So he went the opposite way and, uh, well, he got on a ship going, you know, out on, out on the ocean going the opposite way. And long story short, you know, God sent a storm out and, and the, the, the people on the ship, the mariners, they, they threw, eventually threw Jonah overboard and the great fish swallowed him. And, and the Bible says that that great fish took Jonah down to the very bottom of the ocean. And I tell you what, I tell you what, that, that's, that's, that's about as low as you can go. I mean, you think about it in the belly of a fish at the bottom of the ocean, about as low as you could go. He disobeyed God. Maybe you're out there today and you disobeyed God. Maybe you're feeling down and discouraged. That you disobeyed God and you feel like you're in the belly of a fish. You know, and I don't know what it feels like to be in the position Jonah was in, but there's some times where I didn't do what the Lord wanted me to do. And I got in a, in the belly of a fish, so to speak, not like Jonah, but you, you know what I'm talking about, where I, you know, I was feeling down and, and, uh, wasn't where I should have been in ministry and so forth. And anyway, but he was, I was never as low as you could go, but Jonah was about as low as you could go. I was never, I've never been even close to this, but I tell you what, you might be out there, maybe you're a minister out there and you haven't obeyed God to the full, what he told you to do. And things haven't gone right for you, perhaps. And uh, you almost feel like there's this this disgruntlement on the inside of you. You just feel like you're almost like you're in a prison. Well, Jonah was as low as you could go. And he disobeyed God. But notice how he got out of that situation. Now, much we could say, but in Jonah, the second chapter in the ninth verse, he said this, but I will sacrifice. What do we talk about? The sacrifice of praise. We just read about that. He said, I will sacrifice to you. Now you think about that. Jonah is in this fish at the bottom of the ocean. And he says to God, I will. And this was after three days. So he'd been in there for three days. Now I like to think I'd be praying when I entered on, on mouth entry into that fish. But Jonah, I, 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 he, from my study of it, he, I mean, he was, I think, a bit stubborn and hard headed, I think. Because it took him, from my study of it, about three days before he started praying. Uh, he did not want to do what God told him to do. Now, he loved the Lord. You can see that he loved the Lord. He just didn't like the assignment that God had given him. He didn't want to go preach to those Ninevites. Okay, he just didn't want to do it. And there's, the Bible tells us why he didn't want to do it. You could read that in the book of Jonah. But, he, he, but it took him three days and, uh, but, but he says this and you can make argument. He was, he was near death. Uh, some people actually think he died in the belly of the fish. I don't think he actually died in there, but I mean, he was close in my, from my study, but I mean, he, about as low as you can go. 
And, and he no doubt didn't feel like doing what he did. But what did he do? He made a sacrifice. He said, I will sacrifice to you, talking to God, with the voice of thanksgiving. See, there it is. I'll pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto the dry land. How do you get out of a prison, so to speak, of being in the belly of a fish through making a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to God? Glory to God. And and it got him set free. And you know what happened? The word of the Lord came unto him again the second time, saying the same thing it said the first time. So the assignment didn't change. The Bible says the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. What that means is whatever God called you, whatever calling he put on your life, no matter how bad you messed up and goofed up, that calling is still there. That anointing is still there. Just pick it right back up where you left it and move on and obey God. Absolutely. And the Lord, that assignment, it hasn't changed. It didn't change for Jonah. And he went and did what God told him to do and so forth and so on. And it all worked out fine. But I'm convinced it wouldn't have happened if he hadn't made that sacrifice of praise to God with the voice of thanksgiving. Now, here's another one in Acts, the 16th chapter. Paul and Silas, they had just done a good thing. Paul had just done a good thing by the power of God. He had just set, he had just set a, a, a young girl free of the devil, of a demon. Cast a demon out of a young girl, fortune teller, uh, 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 got her set free. And as a result, he got thrown into, into prison. Now, have you ever done something good and you got, you got mistreated for it? And you're down in the dumps, mully grubbing, going on, well, join the club. It's happened to all of us. <laughs> it's happened, happened to Paul. It has never happened to me like as bad as what happened to Paul. He did something really good for God and got thrown in prison. You know, the Bible's full of people that did obeyed God, did things to that God wanted them to do, and they got, got people helped and set free. <laughs> and they got they got, you know, thrown in, in prison or whatnot for it. You know, Jonah, I not well Jonah, uh, not Jonah, but Jeremiah, he obeyed God and he wound up in a cistern. <laughs> you know? Isaiah, he obeyed God. They put him inside a log and cut him in two, is what tradition tells us. You know. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said they would not bow to the image of Nebuchadnezzar. It got him in a fiery furnace. Daniel said that, uh, you know, he was going to pray and obey God in prayer. And he wound up in the lion's den. But, you know, God, in the end, they all came out successful because I think they were all thankful. And you're going to see Paul and Silas there in prison. But I'm just trying to tell you, you can do something good for God. And, you know, it doesn't always make everybody happy. <laughs> and you can get mistreated for it. But the, the, but you know what? God will bless you. And that's the only thing that matters. His opinion is the only one that counts. And so much I could say about that. But, but, but nonetheless, Paul and Silas, they're in prison because of doing something good. In Acts 16, 25, at the mid, at midnight, Paul and Silas, and this just at midnight, midnight hour, they're praying and singing hymns to God. They're not grumbling and complaining. They're not talking back, back and forth between themselves. You know, well, we obeyed God. We did what he told us to do. We got that, that demon possessed fortune teller set free. We've been, you know, doing all these things for God. And now we're in a jail and blah, 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 blah. We shouldn't be in the jail. We should be in, being blessed. And we, you know, all of that. They weren't, they weren't grumbling and complaining. I think it had to be a sacrifice for them. 
They're, they're in the worst part. Actually, you study into it. They're in the worst part of that jail. The worst part of it. And what are they doing at the midnight hour? They're praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Did you know that the, now these are unsaved heathen prisoners are listening to these guys? Praying and singing hymns to God. Do you know people's watching you? I'm talking to Christians out there. People's watching you. Sinners are watching you. You may not think they are, but they are. So we need to act right. We need to do right. We need to praise God. And these in the midst of, tell you what, praise God right in the midst of a terrible circumstance. And these prisoners are, are listening to this. And suddenly there was, verse 26, there was an earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And I'm going to stop reading right there, but I'll say this. It's interesting, none of those prisoners uh, ran off. Now, you know, this was a supernatural move of God and God, the power of God. You want the power of God to start shaking in your life and shaking things and moving things for the good? Just start singing to God and praising Him in the midnight hour when the circumstances are bad. And I tell you what, that's what happened here. These, and if you study into this church here in, uh, in, in Philippi, this is where this happened. Uh, what happened is, is the head jailer, if you read on, he comes in, he says to Paul and Silas, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, that's a question of the ages. They, uh, they answered, Paul answered and said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy household. Tell you what, uh, that guy, that head jailer, he repents, he gets saved. All those prisoners, you can make good argument, they got saved. And, 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 that, and the Philippian church was born and that head jailer who was about to commit suicide and kill himself. If you're out there and you're about to commit suicide, don't you do it. You get thankful. Start looking around. Make that list I was talking about. Look at all the things you've got to be thankful for. And you don't end your life. God's got something for you to do. And you move on with it. You get to it. You hear me? But this this jailer was about to kill himself. And and before he did, he said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? And, and, and he believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. He got saved. And God made a pastor out of him. He became the pastor of the Philippian church. And he had his church members right there, those prisoners. See, because they were listening to Paul and Silas praise God instead of grumble and complain. And, and they became the church members. The head jailer became the pastor. And you had that great Philippian church born out of this, all because Paul and Silas decided to praise God and worship worship him in the midst of a miserable circumstance and it got them set free and I tell you what it helped the people around them that was watching them glory to God so I tell you what that motivates me to be thankful and have a good attitude in the midst of whatever circumstance I'm in because it'll not only get me set free but it will help no doubt people around who are watching glory to God glory to God and everyone's chains were loosed. My goodness, you talk about getting set free. Thanksgiving is a requirement for getting set free. We see it with Jonah. We see it with Paul and Silas. And you know what? Thanksgiving is not only a requirement for getting set free, but it is a requirement for staying free. And uh, uh, you can go to Luke, the 17th chapter, and read about those 10 lepers. There were 10 lepers. They approached Jesus for healing. And long story short, you can read it in Luke 17, but uh, uh, I'm just going to put it in my own words for the sake of time. Ten lepers approached Jesus for healing, 
And uh, he said, go show yourself to the priest, which meant that, 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 that when a leper was cleansed, they would go show themselves to the priest. It was a legal thing that they would be declared cleansed and so forth. So, so Jesus, essentially, he healed them. And all 10 of them go and, 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 and they're healed. Uh, and, and again, you can read it. But what I want to get at is this for the sake of time. Of the 10 lepers, they all got healed. Well, let's just read it. Luke 17, 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then he entered a certain village. There met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was as they went, as they went, they were cleansed. So that tells me all 10 of them got cleansed. And one of them, now this is what I want to get at, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? And where are the nine? Uh, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. The point I want to get at is only one of them returned to give thanks. Now you think about that. Ten leprous men, they all ten get healed, but only one of them came back and gave thanks. And Jesus noted that. He noted that. He, he's wondering, where are the other nine? Absolutely. Only one. What does that show? I mean, what does that show? It shows me several things. It shows me, number one, that there's a very few people that are really, truly thankful. I would like to think that if I got cleansed of something like that, I'd be back at Jesus' feet worshiping him and thanking him. But there was only one in ten that did it. You think about that. You think about that sometime. Only one. Well, I want to be like this guy, this one. I want to have, I want to be thankful. I want to be thankful to God for anything he does for me and, and thank, thankful to, to anybody, whatever they do for me, whether, whether small or large. Absolutely. But I'm convinced of something else and the Bible doesn't bring this out, but I'm convinced of it. It's just my opinion. All 10 of them were cleansed. Only one of them came back to thank God. I'm convinced. I can't prove it. You can't disprove it. But I'm convinced that these other nine did not keep their healing. That's why I can't prove that they didn't. But you can't prove that they did. But I've been in the healing ministry for three three decades. And a little longer than that. And I've watched a lot of people. And I've watched God heal a lot of people. And I've watched a lot of people lose their healing. And I would say one thing that I have seen as a common denominator in those people who've lost their healing, not much I could say about it, but one thing is, is that the ones that have lost their healing, they weren't really truly thankful. They weren't really truly thankful. They weren't really truly thankful. How do I know that? Because they didn't really serve God, continue to serve God after they got healed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And much, much I could say about that. But I tell you what, if you want to get free, you get thankful. But if you want to stay free, you need to, you need to stay thankful and be thankful and thank God every day that He set you free and that He helped you. Absolutely the truth. Getting free, thankfulness will get you set free. But if you want to stay free, you need to stay thankful. Thank God. Just keep thanking God every day that He set you free. 
Absolutely. Be like the one that returned and gave thanks to the Lord. So as I close this message, I just want to close by, by reading some verses that you find in the New Testament that the Apostle Paul, what he was thankful for, and then we'll close. Uh, just, just a few things here. Second Corinthians 9.15, Paul says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That's Jesus. We could be thankful for Jesus. And then in 1 Timothy 1.12, he says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. So what was Paul doing here? He was thanking God that God gave him the, the, the ability to serve. So we should be thankful that we have the ability to serve God, whether in the ministry or whether maybe you're not in the uh, pulpit ministry. Most people aren't. But I tell you what, we should all serve the Lord in some capacity. And we should be thankful for that honor and that privilege to serve him. Uh, and, 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 and don't forget that. And then he says in 1 Corinthians 1, 4, I thank my God always concerning you. What does that mean? He was thankful for other believers and we should be too. And then he says in Ephesians 1, 15 and 16, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. He was thankful here for believers walking in love towards one another. And that's something that I'm always thankful for as a pastor when I see fellow believers and members of my church walking in love towards one another. I'm always thankful for that. Every pastor is thankful for that. You know what? The people of the church grumbling and complaining, going, you know, fussing and arguing with one another, which happens from time to time. So a pastor is really thankful when he sees the people of his church getting along and loving one another. And then in 1 Thessalonians 1, 3, uh, he says this, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and your patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father. And again, just another verse that he's thankful that people are, are, are walking as they should uh, before the Lord with a good and a right attitude. And then in 2 Thessalonians 1.3, he says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. So he thanks God that he sees maturity in believers. And that, as a pastor, I'm always thankful when I see believers maturing in the things of God. And then finally, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, he says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's thankful for the victory we've been given through Jesus Christ. And in 2 Corinthians 2, 14, he says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And so uh, what is he saying? He's saying that he's thankful for the victory that God has given us in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that is what I'm most thankful for, is the, for, for what God has given us in Jesus Christ. Well, I hope that this has helped you today. I hope it's encouraged you. I hope it's, it's, it's prompted you to, to, to be thankful if you're not. And if you are a person of thanksgiving, I just trust it's, 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 it's stirred you up even more. And, uh, cause I don't think we could ever be thankful enough to God for all the wonderful things He's done for us. So, so God bless you. Hey, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to invite you right now to repent of your sins. Call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord 
will be saved. You'll miss hell one day. You'll make heaven. He'll make your life worth living in the meantime. And, and once you get saved, be thankful to God for getting saved and then stay thankful the rest of your life. So God bless you. I'm thankful for you. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your time together this Thursday. And we'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.